thanking you yet for another day, Lord God, an exciting day, a day that you have made, the day that you have given us, Lord God. And so as we sit here in your presence, Lord God, I just thank you for the opportunity, Lord God, that we could truly be in your presence, Lord God, to worship you in spirit and in truth, Lord God, just to reflect in our worship, Lord God, remembering that first and foremost that you woke us up this morning. But not only that, Lord God, how you've kept us every single day, Lord God. For many of us, we can look back over our lives and we know that you've kept us through many trials and through many tribulations, Lord God. That it was you and you alone, Lord God, that we can see today that if it had not been for you and your mercy and your grace, Lord God, where would we be? So we thank you right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, for being our all in all, for keeping us, Lord God, as no one else could. So as we Sit before your presence this day, Lord God. I pray that every heart is open. Let us receive from your word, Lord God, as you speak to our hearts, Lord God. I pray right now against every distraction that will come to, to steal from that which you want to speak to us, Lord God. So let us lay aside every care of life, Lord God, and let us open our hearts, Lord God, every thing that would be a distraction, Lord, we speak to all of the things in the high places, Lord God, that is sent to, to, uh, to distract right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God. We remove it from our presence, Lord God. We pray your guarding against this, Lord God, right now, and that every mind and heart is clear, Lord God, that as you speak to us, Lord God, that we can receive your unadulterated truth, Lord God that it ultimately leads us to a place of change in our lives, Lord God. That it brings us to a rearrangement, Lord God, in our mindsets and our heartsets, Lord God. That as we experience the change, the rearrangement, Lord God, that it leads us to this place that our lives will never, never be the same. From this day forward, Lord God, speak to our hearts and that let he that have an ear to hear, let him hear what the angel is speaking, or what the spirit is speaking to the church. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Glory be to God. Um, well, today, I just feel the spirit of God is wanting to speak to us a short message out of Hebrews. So if you will, turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11 on today. Hebrews chapter 11. And our text verses is 5 and 6. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5 and 6. And for many of you Bible students, you know that in Hebrews chapter 11, that the word of God is speaking, and it was speaking to us about faith understanding faith and, and what it is. The chapter starts out and then it proceeds to minister to us about the faith that in, uh, as an expression of the dawn of history. And it begins to you know, remind us or, or tell us of many of the patriarchs uh, down through the history of time and, and, and giving us examples of how 
faith was an integral part of their life and how it was with faith and through faith that they lived. And out of this, what God wants to just take a segment out of this today, which particularly focuses on verses 5 and 6, and he wants to make an appeal. Today, we don't have no long, drawn-out message. We don't have a message that is so intriguing, but there is an appeal that God wants to make to our hearts today. For all of us as true believers of the Most High God, we live in a time, my friend, that there's so much going on. There's calamities all over the world. There's, uh, you know, just things are operating in terms of evil at, 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 at an all-time high, it seems. But God, his people, just, and, and this is not a time that, uh, you know, even though we live in a time like this, this is certainly not a time that, that God in the, uh, has not seen before. Uh, in there, that we living in a time that's much like the times of old. That even, and we'll talk about that a little bit, but I only say that because we living in a time that God's people, and maybe like I'm before, uh, uh, be unlike before, that we living in a time that God's people, that God is really wanting to make a plea to the hearts of his people, you know, that we may be truly separated and called out from the world. Uh, in there that he that he can have a vessel that's operating in the earth right now that God can actually work through amen so this is the time that we living in uh, Hebrews chapter 11 verses 5 and 6 is the text verse and I guess if we have to title this message uh, I will title it what is your testimony what is your testimony before God I have to add that because this is not about what is your testimony before men. And we all have a testimony before men, so I'm not uh, disregarding that or discounting that. But this message today is about what is our testimony before God, my friend. Come on, somebody. So in Hebrews, you'll understand this better, I suppose, as we read this. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5. And the word of God reads like this. It says, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him for, somebody say for. For, for before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. I'm going to say that again. That Enoch was taken away so that he not, did not see death and, and was not found. Because he, because God had taken him, but and, and I'll say and, or for, before he, he was taken, he had a testimony. Before he was taken, he had a testimony before God. And, and then the Bible says then that and this was his testimony, that he pleased God. So my question to each and every one of us today, my friend, is do you have a testimony before God? What is your testimony before God? And it's only one testimony before God. See, we all have our individual testimonies. We all have the th uh, a testimony to unto man, Yo, and all of that could be different, but you know what, my friends? There's only one testimony before God that any of us should have. 
and that is this. His test is the same as Enoch. Enoch's testimony, uh, and, and we, it behooves us to take serious the testimony that the Bible speaks of, of Enoch, because Enoch was one of two people that lived on this earth that never experienced death, my friend. Do you realize that? The, uh, the Bible says in Genesis, it tells the story of Enoch. In Genesis chapter 5, verse 21. Let's go there real quick. I don't want to take for granted that any of us is just uh, remembering this right off the cuff. Genesis chapter 5. See, God just wants to appeal to, this is, today is a, a word that God just wants to appeal to our heart. And I'm just wondering as you get into Genesis chapter 5, do we understand that we are to have a testimony, my friend, before God? There's a testimony that we have before one another or before man. And that's born out of our experiences and our testimony. And, and it speaks to the goodness of God. And glory be to God for our testimony because it speaks of how God has brought us out. Amen. But this testimony before God is about a life that we live before the Father. And it's one that, uh, that, that is spurned by a desire that God has for each and every one of us as we go through uh, the journey called life. And it's high time that the church really get in touch with these things and can hear the heart and the voice of God. And this young man or uh, man Enoch was one that we can look at, you know, uh, with real, with a, with, with, a, with a real mindset because he had a testimony before God. And the testimony that the Bible declares that he had before God was one that he pleased the Father. He pleased God in there, even to the soul, to the point that he never experienced death. Look at the, uh, Genesis 5, verse 21. It says, Enoch lived. 665 years and begot Methuselah, his son. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years, my friends. Do you hear what the word of God is saying? That Enoch walked with God 300 years. See, some of y'all don't get this. There ain't many or, uh, or much that the Bible speaks of, and, and the Bible speaks and, and has stories of a lot of great men that have done significant things, but, it's, but only a few, and Enoch is one of them, that the Bible says that he walked with God. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about that walk with God. See, this is where the rubber meets the road, my friend. This is the testimony that, that Enoch had, that he walked with God. And in walking with God, uh, he, he, he was pleasing unto God. See, this walking with God here is not uh, something that, that the Bible speaks of that many have done. But only few. So this ain't just talking about he believed in God. This is not just talking about that he heard of God. This is talking about that he had a faith that he believed in. And not only believed, but this faith ran much deeper than that. One, to the point that he gave his life totally over to God. And see, we ought to be able to understand here, especially in the time that we live in, we live in a time that all of us, yes, while we have flesh and we live in a natural body and we experience natural things, so did he. It ain't no doubt about that. 
But we live in a time that we are so attached to our natural bodies and to our natu the, the natural things that we go, go through, which in other words is, is, is referred to as a will in a way. We have our will and our way, and, 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 we, and we live particularly in, in this time, in a, as it pertains to right now that we live in, a, in the world that the world has promoted, that so much promotion is going on about your will and your way, having it your way, your way, doing it, doing it your way, you know. So far, you know, that uh, in, 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 in as innocent as it may appear, it's still, yet it sets up lines that it is an abomination to God for those of us that believe in God. Because as our, our uh, you know, it, it, I mean, come on, understand what I'm saying here because education is at an all-time high. You know, and as good as education is, if we're not careful, there's some things that's underlying even with our desire to, to, to have a higher education, glory be to God, that, it, that, that promotes and fulfills self. That promotes and fulfills my will. And it gives me even, uh, you know, now that I got my doctorate degree, it gives me a, a, a place that I can look at you, you know, and place myself above you. So not only is it my will, but now it has to become my way. And nothing, and don't misunderstand what I'm saying because here I'm not speaking uh, against education. Yo, know, I went to high school, went to college. Yo, know, uh, my kids, all that went to college, two of them graduated, one with a doctor degree, and my daughter's in college now. So I don't have nothing, and I paid a lot of money for some of this stuff, by the way. So understand that it ain't that I have anything against education. That's not what this is about. But it is for God to is what the appeal is for us to see that how even the good, that the things of the world, that there's with much of it, there's, and we have to be able to distinguish this so we can walk circumspect through all of this as we get our education, that we don't, that is the, the thing that's underneath that is, is, is the enemy promoting self, will, and self-way. And see, when it came to Enoch, see, Enoch lived in the time, and, and, and some of us may think right now, well, well, yo, Enoch walked with God, but man, he, wasn't, he ain't dealing with what I'm dealing with. Yeah. He ain't have to deal with what I'm dealing with. Well, let's take a look at that, my friend, because honestly, actually, if we know who Enoch was, Enoch, who was Enoch? Enoch was the seventh uh, man or generation removed from Adam. But not only that, uh, if you remember Noah. See, Noah was uh, in the Bible speaks of Noah and in, in the time of Noah, we know and, and all of us know Noah. If we don't know Enoch, you know Noah. Because Noah, uh, the Bible speaks of it, is the time when the, the world was so bad that the flood came and God destroyed every living thing on the earth except for that which was in the ark, which was Noah and his wife and his three sons and their wives and then the animals that God had instructed Noah to put on that ark. Come on, somebody. That every living thing was wiped away from the earth, right? Well, guess what, my friend? Enoch was Noah's great-grandfather. So what is that telling us? What that tells us is that Enoch lived in a time where uh, the world was so evil that it culminated into the flood, my friend. So while we may think that he 
was able to walk with God because he was, you know, walking on his tiptoes and twinkling through the, the, the Garden of Eden. No, that wasn't the situation, my friend. Let us not get it twisted. Enoch was living at a time where the world was worse than, uh, just as worse, if not worse than what it is even today. The things that the Bible says that, 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 that man had got so increasingly evil and that it was only evil on the earth. Does that sound familiar? Is we getting close to that day, it seems, Josh, right now. There is so much going on. This is the time that he lived in, but yet he and, uh, was one that the Bible refers to. If we look a little bit further, then we, in verse 24 it says, And Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. And the thing about it is, is that when God took him, he took him as a man that was amongst a, a, a perverse generation, as a righteous man. That Enoch lived right in a perverse world. See, and, I'm, and, and I believe that God wants to really uh, speak that to our hearts because we, he knows the time that we're living in. And we are living, yes, in a perverse world. It ain't no doubt about that. Evil is always to your left, to your right, in front of you, behind you. It's all around us. But this is proof in the pudding, my friend, that while the world is at an all-time high, and the generation that we're living in is, is also evil, that we still can be right and live right to please God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That who will stand for the Lord? God is looking for a few that will stand for him, and it's got to be, who, who else is it going to be? And remember what I said from the beginning, that God, no, this ain't some, uh, some real deep message, and, and honestly, it's not even that long of a message. But it is certainly a message that God is looking, that, want, that he wants to appeal to our hearts, my friend. That as you love the Lord, if you understand that God loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son. If you understand the everlasting love of God. And, me, and we do understand that. That's why we're here today. And I know each and every one of you personally. That you have a love for God. Even no matter what you're going through. That you have a love for God, but God is saying that with that love, I need you to have a testimony before me. And that testimony before me, uh, it has to be one that you are willing to submit your heart and seek me while I may be found. And that seeking me while I may be found is for you to turn your heart uh, totally unto me. As Enoch did, that you may walk with me, you know, in a perverse generation, in a time such as this. That I may be able to, who can I use? He needs a few of us that he can use. I mean, earnestly. And some of you know what I'm talking about because some of you, God has been knocking on the door of your heart. And there's some things that he's been calling you to do. And some places that he's been calling you to go. And this is a serious time, my friend. And it don't matter how young you are, how old you are, it doesn't matter. God is saying that which I am saying to you is important to me in a time such as this. That I'm not speaking to you in vain that this is serious. The things that God is putting on your heart and the things that God is calling you to do because some of us, God is giving dreams and visions. Some of us, he is speaking directly to our heart and he's compelling us to, to go and to minister the word of God to, to places that, no, not just behind no pulpit. 
that there's places that he has. And no, the big time preacher ain't going to go to them places. They can't even hear him. They ain't going to stay behind the pulpit with 3,000 people in their congregation. These places that God is going to have to use you and me to go to, to. He's going to have to use you to go to these places because some of these guys can't hear him. He's, he's going to use, and he has to use, he wants to use somebody that just know him by the heart, that believe in him, that, 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 that seeks him, that can hear him. This is a serious appeal. Look at, uh, as we go back to Hebrews chapter 11, it's beautiful. Let's go back over there to Hebrew chapter 11 and let's really take a look at what's going on. That it was by, by faith. Notice the word here. It was by faith that Enoch did what he did and that God did what he did to take him. It was by faith that that happened. In verse 6 it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, my friends. See, this is part two. That it was by faith that Enoch walked the walk that he, he walked. And, 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 and what God is wanting to speak to us for those of us that he is placing in position, in the position that I'm talking about, I ain't talking about no position uh, necessarily in the, from the world standpoint, but I'm talking about a position in a posture of, of the spirit of the living God in your heart. The position that he's placing you in is a position where he can speak to you and you can hear him. Whether that comes through again, no matter how he's speaking. <laughs> Excuse me, whether it's through dreams, whether it's through visions, whether it's through prophetic word that God is placing you in a position that you can hear him and in that then it takes you and me do this is the part that we have to do do you have a desire to hear the Lord do you have a desire to seek him while he may be found is what the book of Isaiah says seek him while he may be found because do you understand that there's coming a time that we're not going to be able to seek him or it's going to be, uh, uh, there's coming a time where you ain't going to be in position. That the discombobulation and, the, and all of this stuff is going to be such a mess that if you ain't got it before that time, then you ain't going to get it then. You're going to be scuffling to get it, but it ain't going to be nowhere to be found, my friend. So now is the time as God has positioned us. And here's the beautiful thing is it says that it's impossible to please God without faith. So our aim and our goal, the appeal that God is, is speaking to each and every one of us, will, are you willing to do what it takes to please me? It's what God is saying. Realizing that yes, you live in a real world. Yes, you have real situations going on. Yes, you deal with real uh, envy and strife and contention you know, on your job and your household here, there, and everywhere you go. Yes, this stuff is real, but God says, I'm real too. Yes. 
that you serve a real God. And that's why it takes, it's impossible to please him by faith because what faith is is that you believe that he is. That he's real. Not just an intellectual acknowledgement that he exists. And not even an intellectual acknowledgement that, 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 that Jesus is the son of the living God so you can go to, to, to heaven or to spend eternity with him. But he is, that, 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 to believe by faith and to know that he is, it, it goes beyond that. And this is what Enoch knew. It wasn't just him understanding or believing that, that God is God and the creator of all things, which he is. But what he understood that it, my belief has to go farther, that I'm willing to walk with him. So that which I'm willing to seek him while he may be found, I'm willing to, to resist the enemy that, that, that I may draw closer to him. Amen. In an effort to do what he says, to hear him and do it. And we living in a time that God needs each and every one of us to hear him, that we might do it. Let us quit thinking that the, uh, the big church is going to do it. They're not going to do it. No, what they're going to do is do what, what comes in the door. And what they can do through media and, 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 and marketing and all of these different things, the things that they can appeal to, that's what they're going to do. But the byways and the highways, they're not going to do that. Or even, I won't even say something specific, that which God wants is not being done. Because much of what God wants ain't going to come into the door. And much of what God wants when it did come to the door, it didn't look like, uh, it didn't drive, it didn't have on a nice suit. It didn't look like it had a big checkbook in his back pocket. So it didn't get, even get in the door, half of it, because half of it got struck at the door. You can't come in here like that. Or even if we let you in, you need to sit way back there in the back so it already cut the heart off of anything that they could hear, uh, you know, in, to hear of God. See, the book of James talk about this. You know, the, it's called favoritism and, and all of these different things that we naturally do to judge one another. It's not going to happen. This, we are here at a place where it's going to take the nuts and the bolts. To do and get the job done. And see, Enoch walked in a time, so he, he walked in a time where the world was so evil and it was increasingly getting evil and, and worse and worse and worse. But yet, he had made up in his mind and in his heart that by faith I'm going to follow you, Lord God, because I realize that you are the great I am. I realize not only are you my creator, but you are my Lord. The one that I ought to follow. And not only do I realize that you are the creator and that you are my Lord, I realize that you being my Lord, that you have a desire and a work for me to do. So many of us know that he is the creator and we, real, and we definitely want him as Lord. But when it comes to the next step, which is there's a work for us to do, We'd be like, pump the brakes. Now it's time to pump the brakes. Yeah, I want you, I, re I recognize you as, as creator. And I certainly want you as Lord to be my savior. But for me to take my time 
in a, in a way with all, don't you know, with all of this stuff I got to contend with, Lord? I got to go to work. I got to feed the kids. I got to do this. I got to do my homework. I, whatever it is, I'm, you know, in there. But do we understand who God is? And God is making appeal today, my friend, that there, while you have all of that to do, there's a, a spiritual work that's above all of these things because in the end of the day and in the, the time that we stand before him, he's not going to be judging you on, on uh, what you got on your biology test. He's not going to be, uh, there's not going to be an account given on how many days uh, or hours you worked that week. See, that's our care. The only thing that he's going that you're gonna give an account to is that you do what I what the Lord told you to do. See, I had a work for you to do. Did you do my work? I know you did your work and man's work, but did you do my work? God says. I know you took care of your business, but did you leave my business undone? See, and this is something that Jesus recognized, the business of, of the Father, which in other words is the same thing that we're talking about. That Jesus himself, that the Bible says in Philippians that he humbled himself. Philippians chapter 2. That he didn't think so highly of himself, but he humbled himself and he left uh, glory. He left everything to come to, to hear. And he didn't, and he, it was only one reason why he did that. It was to please the Father. And his whole time on this earth. See, I didn't want to start with Jesus because then, you know, somehow we, there's a disconnect when we use Jesus as this example because, you know, that was Jesus. That, he's God. He's supposed to have done that. Well, Enoch was a, a man just like you and me, my friend. He was somebody's grandfather. He was somebody's great-grandfather. Ask Noah. He was real. And he lived in a time just as real as you and me, in a time that was just as evil as the time that we lived in. But Jesus, when he was here, didn't, he understood that it was, he was here for one reason and one reason only. It was his desire to be here for one reason, and that was to please the Father. He said it over and over again. That I only do what I hear the Father tells me to do. I only say what the Father speaks to me for me to say. I'm only here to do the will of the one who sent me. I'm only here to please him that sent me. This is what his life was. This is what he said over and over again. And Jesus just didn't, he said that much in his three-year ministry once he turned 30 years old, right? Yeah. Some of y'all say, well, I ain't 30 yet. Well, you're right. But Jesus understood the, the business of God was so important that he didn't wait till he was 30 to understand that. He said when he was 12 years old, oh, I don't see nobody here under 12. That he told even the, the, the scribes and, 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 and the Pharisees, he told them that I must be about my father's business. Come on, somebody. And that was at 12. He understood at 12 years old, Brother White, that he must be about his father's business and that his time here was about that. 
And yes, he lived in a natural world, in a natural body. The Bible describes him being 100% humanity, 100% man. Yet being 100% God by the spirit of the living God. Willing to follow God 100% because he knew 100% why he was here in this uh, fleshly body 100%. And the question is for you and me as born again believers, this is why it takes us to be born again, to be washed in the blood of the Lamb, that we are still yet 100% in the body. But with that washing of, of, of the, with the blood of the Lamb, that it ought to give us a heart set to know that we are, as we are here, 100% in the body, but that we are here to 100% follow what the spirit of the living God is leading to do, to 100% to please God first and foremost and above all things. This is real. And I know we come to church and, and, and we do all of these different things, but God is making a real appeal to your heart, my friend. That your purpose and, your, and, and, and the reason why you're still here is only one reason. And that is to do the will of him. And yes, he knows that you still got to eat because that's a natural thing. He knows that you still got to get some sleep. That's a natural thing. But he says that also while if you take care of my business and while if you seek me to do the things that I, what does he say in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. But all of these other things will be added. He's talking about the natural things. Will be added unto you. He's, if you do his business, he's not going to leave yours undone. Matter of fact, he's going to do his, your business better than you would have done it yourself anyway. And he's capable. And not only capable, he's able. Not only able, he's willing. Hallelujah. He's willing to do it. And I know, just like myself, for many of us, we are struggling. That's the struggle. It ain't the struggle that we believe in God. It ain't the struggle that we love God. The struggle is balancing this thing or dealing with this thing, this natural thing and the spiritual thing. I'm glad you agree with me because, see, what God was just telling me the, uh, right there on the spot. That's what the problem is, is you've been trying to balance it. He says, there ain't no balance to this. It's a submission to it. It's a handing over to of it, to him. And let him, he don't have to balance it, he handles it, he says. See, we have to try to balance some stuff. God says, I handle it. And, this, and we love the Lord. I can see the hearts. I ain't talking about your faces. I can see the heart of most and it ain't even a question of our love for God. The question is, is how we deal with this. How do we balance it? And God says, you don't. You give it to me and let me handle it. Amen. That it may be balanced. The long as you're trying to balance it, it's never going to work, my friend. It's going to work sometimes for you and sometimes it ain't. But it's never going to completely work for God, he says. It's just, it's impossible. And it's high time that he's calling us to this place to, to uh, 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 surrender. To stop. And to know that I, which is he, that he is God. Look what it says in verse 6 again. Man, it, it was, it's just powerful when you 
Let's read it again, the latter part of verse 5. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5 says, the latter part of it says, for, be, for before he had was taken, he had this testimony. See, before he was taken, Enoch, he had this testimony. Not a testimony, he had this testimony. And what was his testimony? That he pleased God. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God, that's you and me, must believe that he is. And that's where the rubber meets the road. Not that he exists, but that he is. This is why God told him, Moses, when he asked him, who should I tell, tell him to send me? He says, I sent, tell him that I am sent you. He said, tell him that I am sent you because I am he. I am sent you. Because we must believe that he is. And this believing that he is is not just that he exists, but believing that he is goes beyond just the, fact, the mere fact that he exists, but that he is real in my life. And that he is able and willing to take care of me as I submit and turn over and relinquish control of my life. That he is! able and will and we're afraid I get it some of us are afraid to just to be out of control because uh, or to lose that control because some of us been, been uh, you know growing up through experiences in our life that we've been forced into situations that we had no control of and now that we finally got to this place of being grown and, and, and having something for ourselves that, you know, that's a big fear to, to relinquish control it's a trick of the enemy that he planted and he used it and he wanted that from the very beginning of time, from your youth. And some of us, uh, you know, it, it makes it very difficult because we just want to be in control. See, some of us is, have a fear uh, of losing control. And some of us have an appetite to be in control. See, everybody that has a fear of losing control don't necessarily have an appetite to just be in control. See, some of us, we just got to be in control of some stuff. Some of us have both. But some of us, honestly, truly, we just, it ain't even that we want to necessarily be in control, but, but that we have this fear of being out of control because we've been in, under somebody else's control that used us and abused us and did it the wrong way. But God says, I am he. And he needs us to be broken. And it's only by faith that this is going to happen. And in there, you know, when we realize that, then it goes on to say that, you know, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and, somebody say and. See, and this is the icing on the cake that not only do we believe that he is able, willing, to take control of our lives and to handle it, but that he also is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Those that will give his life to him. He will reward you with life, with true life, with abundant life. This is the life that he'll give to each and every one of us. This is the life that he speaks of in John chapter 10, verse 10, when he says, you know, uh, that, we, that he wants us to have abundant life. See, the abundant life ain't what we 
uh, all of these things that we control. The abundant life is that, that we live in a life that's under his control that has all of these things. Somebody missed that one. Wow. See, the difference is, is we, uh, both of them entails having all of these things. But the difference is, is who in control while you have all of these things. See, one of them you control, the other one is under his control. My God. He says, I need you. I need you. I need you. This is what God said. He needs you. He wants you. But it only one, works one way. It works with us having faith and understanding that he is. And that he is a rewarder. Just like he rewarded Enoch. He rewarded him in a way unknown to most men. The only other man that I can remember reading about in the word of God was Elijah. That, that God removed from this earth with, uh, with a whirlwind of, uh, on a chariot of fire before his, 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 uh, his understudy, Elisha. Glory be to God. He rewarded him. And our reward is not the... Re is, is, see, again, when our life is turned over to the Lord like that, then your reward that you seek changes. See, when we under control, then the reward we're looking for is the one is born out of self. But when we relinquish the control unto the Father, then guess what? Your reward changes. What you seek and changes because it ain't what you wanted out of yourself. It's what he wants for you out of him. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the crazy part, and this is where we'll close it. Here's the crazy part, my friend. This is why our flesh because of flesh, because of the fall of, of, of man in the, in the flesh, and how, and because the Bible says that we were born in the sin and shaped in iniquity. Man, how messed up this stuff really is. And we have to realize that. Because if we realize it, then it's, it's one of the things that propels us to, to relinquish, to seek God in a way that we can relinquish all control over to him. And truly, not only just the control over him, but that, uh, to him, but the thing that will give us the confidence. Because see, what faith does, it, it, it instills confidence and a knowing that, we, uh, that brings about a peace and, uh, and it removes all fear. This is why the word of God says that I haven't given you a spirit of fear. Here's where the rubber meets the road at. It's at this place of us realizing and making a choice within our own hearts to not be led by the spirit of the flesh, but the spirit of God. Us coming to terms with the fact, with, with the real reality, my friends, that yes, we live in this natural body and we are flesh at this moment. But the fact that we have been redeemed, the fact that we have been washed in the blood of the Lamb, the fact that we have been born again, it behooves us to understand in the study we're born again. I mean, maybe that's what it is. <coughs> maybe it's going to take us understanding what was prayed this morning about this new man 
that was prayed this morning that we take on, that we put on the new man that God has given us to be. And the new man is the man that, is, that, that knows that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. That will follow him. That will submit their lives right now. Not the life that we're going to have because that's going to be his for sure. But will you submit your life that you have a choice today over to surrender it to the Lord and quit fighting with the flesh but die to it. Die to it. Jesus said it himself. He said it if a man wouldn't follow after me let it, oh he said you got to deny your flesh and that's the the real war that we in that's the whole battle that we don't want to deny our flesh see we have I see the hearts see we have a heart to to do God's will we have a heart to even please God but the problem is is that we have a flesh over here knocking on the side of our the, the side door of our heart saying where do you think you're going you know me and you we cool you know I like to I'll give you what you need I'll give you what you want you know it's my intentions to, uh, to, to, to hook you up the God that you're trying to go over and serve he gonna hook himself up you're gonna have to be what he wants you to be no I can you know, you know I'm staying with you so you can be what you I, I want. I'm in agreement with you in the battle. And then he turns you and he says, come here, I want to show you something. So then he begins to show you the, the natural parts of the life. You know, don't you know that you got, look at them kids you got. You got to feed them. So you know you got to handle some business. And if it don't get done over there, you know you the one responsible. You got to take care of these kids. So you got to do what you got to do. He begins to pump up all of these different things, whatever your issue is. Whatever it is, then he's going to appeal to that very thing. If you're a man that needs to take care of his family and have that yearning to do that, then he's going to appeal to that. If you're a man that yields to, you know, that have a desire for drugs, sex, and alcohol, he's going to appeal to it that way too. But that's why we got to deny ourselves. We got to say, stop it. We got to say, self, forget you. I'm following Christ. Self died. You done. You are dead to me, self. I'm not going to follow your will and your way. I'm going to do it the way God wants me to do it. Hallelujah. And it comes in all kinds of forms. What we saw my Thursday night, it comes even in the form of contention, strife. All of these little things that, that can well up in our heart. God says, I need you. See, when you, uh, when you are willing to Seek me when you know that I am he, when you have, when you walk in the faith that Enoch walked in, that loses self, denies self, and surrenders all in there that you're going to recognize when the enemy is trying to bring up a little contention, to set a seed of contention that ultimately will manifest in a whole separation here soon. That when little strife Start welling itself up. That, that, that the spirit of God that's living on the inside of you because you follow that, he's going to clearly show you. Don't, you ain't got to say nothing to that. 
You ain't got to speak to that. And, and furthermore, that when he tells you, hey, and begins to show you the things that he wants you to do. See, first, he, he'll guard you from the things that, you, that he don't want you to do. And that we shouldn't do the, the stuff that the flesh is trying to appeal to us. But then he's going to open the door. He's going to open the door. And we know that a door that God opens, can't no man shut. The door he's going to open, he'll open a door to your vision. He'll open a door to your dreams. He'll open a door to all of these things and show you what I need you to do. And what I'm calling you to do. So that we may begin to be about the Father's business. And know and no, somebody say, and no. See, as we're about the Father's business, there's some things that we have to know and know, or know and. See, we need to know that then God is going to be about our business. He's going to take care of all of the, the stuff that we would have been concerned about. And thank God we ain't going to be, we ain't going to see, you heard, you notice I said that, that we would have been concerned about. See, because when we turn it over to God, then we ain't concerned about them things no more. We know that's done. We begin to see this is what true faith is. Is that we begin to know and believe. Matter of fact, here it is, that we begin to believe. See, true faith is not just a passive belief that he exists, although he, that is essential. It is also actively seeking him and his will. See, true faith is actively seeking him and his will. Seeking him, true faith is, is action. It actually seeks him and his will. See, true faith don't seek his, your own will, it seeks his will. It actively seeks his will. See, that's the difference. It ain't just an intellectual belief. It's a actively seeking his will. Seeking him and his will. It's an act of seeking him and his will. Amen? Let us look to the Lord. As God is appealing to each and every one of our hearts right now. That I need you. I know that you believe in me. I know that you love me. I know that I've made your reservation in eternity. You, you, you my child. It ain't no if, ands, what's about that. But what God... Is saying to us now that I'm appealing to you for your time, for your life, for the rest of your days that you have here, starting with today. Will you seek me and my will? Will you have true faith? And in having this true faith that seeks me and my will, then I can begin to use you right here and right now. That you, can, that you will have a testimony before me. And the testimony is the one that Enoch had that he pleased God. Our testimony would be that we will please God. That's the only testimony that means anything, my friend. And when we stand before God and give our testimony, the only testimony we want to be able to give is not the testimony that we gave to our friends here of what God did. We want to be able to stand before God and give him our testimony that I pleased you, Lord. That I did what you asked me to do. 
That's the only testimony that matters, Father. We know that that's your heart that you've drawn us to. Lord God, that is, the time that we live in is so important to you that there's so many souls that are lost. There's so many uh, people that need healing and deliverance in a, in a, a setting free of, of habits and, and all sorts of things, Lord God, and that you need vessels. Yielded vessels that you can work through to accomplish, Lord God, that what you want to do, the changes that you want to make in their lives as well as ours, Lord God. So we thank you right now, Lord God, as you visit every heart. And right now, that as, as every heart is open and receiving you, Lord, saying, yes, Lord, no, I don't know how to die, Lord God, to myself or deny it, but I put my hands and my trust in you, Lord God, right now that you will lead and guide me. Show me your way, Lord God, that this will of mine may cease and that your will may be done in my life, Lord God, that I may please you, Lord God. And no, you may not take me out of here like you did Enoch, Lord God. But for the time that you leave me here, you'll use me for the glory of your kingdom. And while these things are real, natural, many of our struggles, Lord God, you know what they are. It's the balance or the fight between the natural flesh and the, its desire and the spiritual will that you impart in our hearts. Let us not lose the battle to our flesh, Lord God. So we give you praise, honor, and glory. We thank you right now in the name of Jesus.